Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Island College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching us on YouTube, Smash the like button like you, Brandon Davis. You, you have consent. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. Let's get into it. As you might know, nothing too interesting has happened in the sport in the past few days other than Louisville getting its first win of the season and UCLA absolutely uh, destroying Maryland at Maryland. So congrats to Kenny Payne. Uh, congrats to Mick Cronin. Congrats to Amari Bailey. Congrats to Amari Bailey's mom's Instagram account. Um, I predicted UCLA Maryland would be competitive. It, it was not. UCLA looked great. Maryland did not. And rather than look back at that beatdown, I, I think our time today, if you don't mind, I think our time today is, is better used looking forward to an incredible weekend of games. Among them, Indiana-Kansas. Check out this schedule. Indiana-Kansas, Alabama-Gonzaga, Houston-Virginia, Davidson-Purdue, UConn-Butler, Tennessee-Arizona, Auburn, USC, we get all of that, plus the CBS Sports Classic inside New York's Madison Square Garden. So with that in mind, and in honor of trivia time consumer Jay Wright, I decided to get things started today with a special CBS Sports Classic Madison Square Garden trivia time. Deadleg, I've got a 10-question trivia time prepared for you. 10 questions? Five CBS Sports Classic questions, five Madison Square Garden questions. Can you dig it? I can dig it. As always, a warning to the listeners. Some of these might not, not actually be factually correct. Yeah, it's Let's possible that I've got these messed up. Like I, I'll say, I'll say, here's the question. And then Norlander will give me an answer and I'll go, you know what? That's not what I got, but you might be right. Eh, you know, hey, we never claimed to be perfect, did we? Have never, will never. Have never, will never. This is Jay Wright's worst nightmare. It is. This <laughs> Jay Wright's in a blender right now listening to this podcast. <laughs> I enjoyed your conversation with Jay. If you ha- if you guys haven't uh, checked that out yet, like one of the Jay- things Jay said at the very beginning was like, just, I don't want to be, please don't trivia time. It was like a I mean, nightmare. He watched it on YouTube. He's like looking up at the sky being like, oh, God, I just can't, I, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know the answer. So very, very good. Our appreciations to Jay. All right. 10 question trivia time. Let's, let's go. This will be the ninth. The ninth annual CBS Sports Classic. What school has the best winning percentage in the CBS Sports Classic? Uh, okay, so as a reminder to listeners, the four schools have always been the same: UCLA, Ohio State, Kentucky, and Carolina. I'm gonna. There's a singular one. Yes. I will say the North Carolina Tar Heels. Ding, ding, ding. That's the correct answer. North Carolina is five and three in the CBS Sports Classic. Ohio State is four and three. Kentucky's four and four. UCLA two and five. And if you're wondering, hold up, that doesn't match up. Why does Ohio State only have seven games? UCLA only seven. Kentucky, North Carolina eight. It's because last season's doubleheader became a single header when Ohio State and UCLA both encountered COVID problems. You remember COVID problems? Do you? I got long COVID. I'm certain of it. (laughs) I'm dealing with long COVID over here. (laughs) I've been coughing for six months. I've got. (laughs) Hey, by the way, update on the preseason. We have not yet technically had a game canceled to COVID. There have been a couple of games that have been postponed, but you might wind up being right. You took the over 0.5. There were a couple non cons. I want to say maybe Pepperdine was involved in one. I don't know if they're ever making that up. They may or may not, but right now I still, still think we're technically under. A year ago, Omicron had just arrived and we were, uh, well, it was a disaster. Thank God. we. <laughs> it was a mess. I flew all the way out to Las Vegas for a double header and it became a single header. Yes. 
Woo. And then it wasn't even a good game. Kentucky like destroyed the North Carolina. And uh, if you'd asked me on that day, could you see these Tar Heels playing in the national championship game? I would have said, uh, no, it doesn't look like. Um, okay, so you're one for one. Very okay. nice. Question two. The yep. CBS Sports Classic has been in five different arenas in the eight previous years. Can you name them? I think I can. I think I can get this. Okay. Um, I've seen the CBS Sports Classic at Barclays. Yes. I've in 2015. It, I've seen it, it. We both saw it in Chicago, United Center. It's been there twice, 2014, 2018. Obviously, it's been in Vegas, T-Mobile. Three, three times, 2016, 2019, 2021. It has... Hold on. You know, so I remember... I remember... I don't even know why I remember this, but I do remember there was a year where they were debating sending me. And I want to say if it wasn't Christmas Eve, it was the Christmas Eve Eve. It was Festivus because they were playing in New Orleans. And I ultimately didn't decide I didn't go because the flight was too expensive. And personally, I was like, I got no desire flying home on Christmas Eve. So I know New Orleans was one of them because there was a, a late deliberation about sending me about three days before that. got placed. Smoothie King Center in 2017. Mm. That's the one I had no recollection of. And I'm pretty sure I was there. I can't remember I don't anything think about either it. of us were there, GP. You don't think either one of us went? I don't think either one of us were there, and that's why there was debating on sending me. Unless you drove last minute and it was a drivable thing, but that's still like five hours from you. Like that's Yeah, still, but it's very drivable. I've been driving to New Orleans. I've been driving to New Orleans my whole life. Maybe you did. Um, someone in the comments fact-checked me. I'm almost positive that was right up against Christmas, and that was the biggest uh, contention with it, in addition to the flight being like you know, $900. Okay, there's, there's one more. There's one more. And I would not have remembered this. It's not MSG, right? I don't think they've done it. It's never been at Madison Square Garden until this season. I would not have remembered this, but then somebody, if if you said, oh, but but you remember that one year, and then I'd have been like, oh, yeah, I remember. But I did not attend this one. Another pro arena? Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say Banker's Life. Um, Not Banker's Life. Really? Um, uh, geez, GP. Um, not Banker's Life. You need a hint? I'll give you a hint. Yeah, give me a hint. Give me a hint. It was the COVID year. There were no fans. Where did they go? Hold on. COVID year. COVID year. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Come on, man. Um, I know you want to say uh, South Dakota. That's where everybody goes for COVID. No, no. Dude, did they go to Cleveland? That's right. Rocket oh, that's Mortgage. Not it. That's not no, that it. is it. That's it. Rocket no, Mortgage Fieldhouse. Is it really? Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland in 2020. So those are the five arenas that have hosted the CBS Sports Classic. Madison Square Garden gets added to that list this weekend. Question number three. I think I you're two for two. I think you're two for two. Okay, Question number three. What head coach mm. has won more CBS Sports Classic games than anybody else? It's got to be Roy Williams. It's Roy Williams. He's five and two. Yes, it's UNC. So that that's like a half. That's a half credit at best there. I thought maybe I could trick you up a little bit there. Yeah, yeah. Question number four. You're three for three. What player holds the record for most points scored in a CBS Obviously, Sports Malik Classic? Monk in, Malik Monk in Vegas. That is like the biggest CBS Sports Classic memory for me. Yeah, is uh, Malik Monk 2016 got 47. Oh, points. I was gonna. I was gonna say forty-four. Okay, 47. 47 points. Kentucky beat North Carolina one hundred three, one hundred. That was at T-Mobile in Las Vegas. Uh, Malik Monk was eighteen of twenty-eight from the field, eight of thirteen from three, three of five from the line. That's forty-seven points to be added up. Justin Jackson for North Carolina had uh, thirty-four in that game, and then the two teams, of course, played again in the Elite Eight of the NCAA tournament in downtown Memphis FedEx Forum. John Morant's home. UNC won that game 75-73. Who hit the shot? You said UNC won it? 75-73, Elite Eight, 2017. Um, Luke May. Luke May. Buried a jumper in the final second. All right, you're four for four. Question number five. In 20 seconds or less. I'm terrorizing Jay Wright right now, by the way. Just Jay Wright. He's he's already turned this off seven times. He's like, I can't can't deal with it. Can't deal with this. In 20 seconds or less, I'm putting a timer on you. Let's do it. Can you name all seven men who have coached in the CBS Sports Classic go? 
All right, Hubert, Roy, Thad, Holtman, Calipari, Cronin, Alford. Seven. Let's go. You did it in eight seconds. You did it in eight seconds. Come on now. Come on now. You got that done in eight seconds. That's not that hard. I mean, they're relatively recent coaching changes, same four schools. There we go. Okay, give me the MSG stuff. Kentucky, obviously the only school that hasn't had a coaching change between the beginning of the CBS Sports Classic and present day. All right, you're five for five. Question number six. Now we turn our attention to Madison Square Garden. Let's do it. How many Madison Square Gardens have there been? I'm going to say there have been three Madison. No, I'll say there have been four. Maybe something like in the early 20th century it was there for like 12 years. They, they knocked it down, rebuilt it in the mid-20s, and they had that one that was around until like the 70s, and they had the one until renovation like in 2013, 2014. You might be a genius. Is that it? They have four. Come on now. The third was at 50th and 8th. So that's kind of a weird spot. Uh, but yes, we are on the fourth version of Madison Square Garden. You're six for six. Question seven. Madison Square Garden is called Madison Square Garden because the original Madison Square Garden was located near Madison Square Park on 23rd Street. Who is Madison Square named after? I'm going to say James Madison. The only it's obvious answer. James Madison, the fourth president of the United States. This <laughs> dude, seven for seven. Question number eight. Most folks know that Billy Joel has yes. played more shows at Madison Square Garden than anybody. Current total, 131. I thought you were going to quiz me on the number, and I wouldn't have gotten it. Okay. You're it's 131. It's 131. Okay. I should have. I should have. Put yeah. Okay. Who holds the record for the fastest sellout at Madison Square Garden? It's not Billy Joel. Tickets go on uh, sale. Single, indivi single individual show. Yes. I'm I'm gonna say Harry Styles. It's not Harry Styles, although okay. he had a he had a pretty amazing run there recently. But it's not Harry Styles. Okay, but keep um, thinking along those lines. And it, I pop star, good looking young guy. Oh, young guy. Okay, so Taylor Taylor Swift was guest number two. Taylor Swift uh, is not the correct answer. Um, pop star, young guy. Pop star, young guy, good looking, super famous. The weekend. No, not the weekend. Um, in the past five to seven years, has this happened? This sold out in 2012, but he's still as big today as he was then, perhaps bigger. Bruno Mars. Not Bruno Mars. Justin Timberlake. Not Justin Timberlake. That's a good one, GP. Um, and I, I question the veracity of this, by the way. Like, they got a timer? They, 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 track, I, I, I think bots eat them up immediately. Like exactly. the previous, the previous record holder was Taylor Swift, and then this person broke Taylor Swift's record. He he sold out Madison Square Garden in thirty seconds. In twenty twelve. In twenty twelve. Pop star. Yeah, I think I that's know. the way you would describe him. That's the way I would describe him. Okay. Um, GP, I don't know. I might need a... It is in the comments. Somebody has gotten it right in the YouTube comments. I'm... Okay. Uh, well, I uh, want to watch that. Uh, should I give it to you? Give it to me. Justin Bieber. Bieber? Bigger Bieber. now than 10 years ago? Questionable. He's big. I don't know if he's bigger now than 10 years ago. He was... I mean, is, he he selling, is he selling out MSG right now in 30 seconds? Yes. If he's not, he's... No. Yes, he would. No. I think he would. That you dude's a so? star. Yes. Put it poll question Nada in the chat. Bieber bigger now or in 2012? You might be right. I don't well, know. Well, well, I, 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 I I'm open to debate on that, although I, I, he is still one of the biggest acts in the world. Whether he's as big as he was in 2012, I don't know. I I think probably so, but he's still regardless, he's still one of the biggest acts in the world and he would sell out Madison Square Garden tonight in seconds. Trivia time. Okay. What band famously played 13 consecutive sold-out shows at Madison Square Garden in the summer 2019, I want to say? I was there. Let me fact-check that year. Fish. Correct. What was it called? <laughs> I don't know, but I just know that Fish is always at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> or at least it, feels like, it seems that way. 20 Baker's Dozen. Wow. Is that 2017 already? 
These years are blown by. Baker's dozen fish played. Fish is the has played more shows at MSG than any non-residency act. So Billy Joel has the most because he is a has a residency. Fish has the most shows at any non-resident at the Garden. Keep going right. with yours. I wanted you to miss one question. Question nine. Question yep. nine. Who yep. was the first comedian in history to sell out Madison Square Garden two nights in a row? All right, I got only two guesses here. That makes sense. My first one's Eddie Murphy. That would have been my first guess. It would not be right. And then uh, Richard Pryor's my other guess. That would have been one of my guesses. Like I would have gone Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. The correct answer? Hold on. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, I was going to say, don't be someone terrible like uh, like Dane Cook or something, but basically that's what we got. Good times. Andrew, okay. Andrew Dice Clay in 1990. So you are, uh, I think you're seven and two through nine. Okay. I'll Final question. Yeah. Who was the first entertainer to sell out four consecutive shows at Madison Square Garden? Give me the decade. 1970s. First entertain sit individual artist or band? I mean, had a band, but an individual artist. Hmm. Nobody had ever sold out four straight nights at MSG. This way person that, did give it. Me, give me five guesses on this then. 70, okay. The way that you say that makes me say Paul McCartney and Wings. That's my first guess. Incorrect answer. But okay. fun fact, you ready for this? Fun fact, yep. Madison Square Garden, all four Beatles yes. played inside Madison Square Garden. Yes. Never together. Yep, that's true. Trivia time. Okay. What was the site of the last Beatles concert? It was on the roof. Uh, okay. What was the site of the last Beatles concert with a paying audience? Shea Stadium? I'm pretty sure that's it. They played two. I'm, I'm fact-checking now. I'm pretty sure Shea was last, and they played one in San Francisco. Shea Stadium is the last one. August 15th, 1965. Fun little side note on all the Beatles stuff. All those amazing records on the back end. They might not ever get made if they don't decide to quit touring. So um, the rare act that decided to leave the road and their legacy was in exponentially improved because of that. Um, okay. Four nights in a row. Had a band, but did it solo. 1972. 72. Uh, you, know, you, know who I'm gonna, you know who I think it is then? Hmm. I'm going to go local angle here. My second guess. Paul Simon. Incorrect. Okay. Um, American or international origin? He's, he's American. Okay. But has an association with the previous group? No. You said he, he said he was in a band. No, I said he has a band. He's surrounded by people who, in a band, but he, he was always a solo artist. Oh, Okay. What I mean is he's not up there like Ed Sheeran just playing a guitar and singing. He's got like a drummer and a guitar player and a bass player yeah. and all that stuff. 72. It's a hell of a way to start an episode, by the way. Oh, yeah. We're 17 minutes in. We haven't said Cute one little thing little 19-minute period of time to really uh, wet the palate. Um, damn it, Parrish. Uh, who would have been? 72, man. 72. Has a band around him, but is known to be a solo artist. Uh, gosh. Give me one more hint that doesn't totally give it away. I'm not looking at the comments because I don't want I don't want someone to get it. And then person died the same decade. Died in the set died in the 70s. Died. I hope someone that's listening to this on their phone has just been screaming for two minutes straight. We get those comments occasionally and we appreciate you. Died in the 70s. But the billing on the, the ticket has the artist name on the ticket. It's not a band name. It's the artist name. It's the artist name. Man. And people have now got it in the comments. I'm going to say, I swear to God, I haven't. I oh, know that they didn't die in the 70s, so that can't be it. Um, give it to me. I don't want to stall any longer. Who Elvis. Aaron Presley. No way. No way. That, I, I, ah, that would not have been. Yeah, that wouldn't have been in my next three to five guesses. UMass Lowell's own. UMass Lowell's own Elvis. Back home to the Northeast. UMass Lowell's El El Elvis Aaron Presley. He came back to up to the Northeast. People don't remember this. He sold out four straight nights at Madison Square Garden and then um, attended uh, UMass Lowell a basketball game like on that weekend. Yeah. People forget that. 
let me see. Let me get a let me get a basketball reference here. Let's see if they got this. Uh, if they got <laughs> what am I doing right now? What are you doing right now? I'm looking to see what UMass Lowell was doing in 72. <laughs> no, no, we're not doing that right now. The final four and one. We'll do that. We'll talk. I swear to it. We're gonna talk basketball next. But first, a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. A reminder, if you want, you can now email the show, shouts to cbs at gmail.com, shouts to cbs at gmail.com. We are loving the responses we've gotten, the emails, the correspondence, the questions. Continue sending them. You can send in a video if you'd like, 10 to 15 second video, ask a question, name, city, town, get out. We'll try and drop those in going forward on the show, on the YouTube channel. Continue to send us stuff. We love hearing from you. And thank you, as always, for subscribing. If you come here strictly for basketball talk, by the way, that's your fault. You're, you're playing yourself. Yeah, you should have known better by now. That said, I, I didn't mean to do a 20-minute <laughs> trivia time. No, it was it was great. And uh, <laughs> just for the record, I, I don't have immediate evidence that UMass Lowell was actually playing hoops in 72. They if were. someone can uh, provide that at some point in the comments, we'd appreciate it. All right, final four in one time. Nada, update us on the records. I feel like I'm pulling away. You're getting close. You're getting close to 500. So for you, that is pulling away. You're at 12 yeah. and 13. Yeah, Orlander is at 13 and 12. It, it, it's it's closer than I thought it would be at this point in the season. I'm trending. I'm trending upward. Trivia time. Oh my god. <laughs> this is what I thought you were going to hit me with, and if you did, I would have played it honestly and said I already know it. There are five. This is just an amazing weekend we got in college hoops, sports all around, NFL triple header on Saturday, obviously NFL Sunday, bowl games, World Cup final Sunday, and what I think will be the best Saturday of the regular season, at least going in in 22-23. There are five ranked unranked matchups this weekend. We're going to talk about them all right here, right now. But what year? Hmm. What year was the last time? There were five, at least five, ranked-on-ranked matchups in a single day. What year? And it has happened since the turn of the century. I'll give you three guesses. See if you can land the year with a, with a bullseye in three guesses. 2016. Longer. 2012. Longer. 2008. Credit to Eli Betker of the Heat Check with this. January 17th, 2009 was the last time there were f- at least five ranked-on-ranked matchups. We have gone almost 14 years since a regular season had this much appeal from a ranked matchup standpoint. Absolutely tremendous. Can't wait to talk about these games. Game one, Saturday, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's number four, Alabama versus number 15, Gonzaga. Inside Courtney Cox Arena down in Birmingham. Courtney Cox from Birmingham. I had no idea, actually. I was about to say, what's up with that? Mountain Brook High School. Okay. This game, you're going to be able to watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Ken Palm has it Alabama minus one. This is the third top 15 matchup for Arizona. I mean, Arizona. Alabama. We'll get to Arizona so far this season. Arizona and Bama are the only schools right now with three wins over AP top 25 teams. My guy Spiro Didis is on the call with Jim Spinarkle. How about Brandon Miller right now? 18 and a half points a game. That's most of any freshman in the country. He's also averaging 8.4 rebounds. No Namari Burnett, as we've previously discussed, which I think will be a good thing for Gonzaga's backcourt. By the way, 
there will be an hour-long preseason, or not preseason, a pre-show inside college basketball on CBS at noon Eastern. Jay Wright making studio debut. Obviously, after you've listened to the pod, do our guy Jay a favor. Yeah, there's a there's another basketball game of note happening. Let's go CBS primary primary spot in that noon spot. Get a little inside college basketball going for you before we get to Zags tied. Bama won this game a year ago in Seattle. If you're wondering where we should lean on this one, how about this? Since 2018-19, Gonzaga is six and one against top five opponents in the regular season. The only loss since 18-19 was last year on a neutral to Duke out in Vegas. Bama, GP and I both think top five level at this point. This is kind of a big spot for Gonzaga in this regard. A loss would put Gonzaga at eight and four. Best wins would be over Michigan State, Xavier, and actually, believe it or not, right, and Kentucky. And Kent State registers as a better win right now than Washington. They'd still have a, a fine resume. Wouldn't be worthy of top 25 consideration with a loss here. But if Gonzaga really wants any chance, I think Gonzaga's chances at a one seed are done barring it literally running the table. I think I don't think it can do it. Um, but if it were to lose this game and take losses, all fine losses, Purdue, Baylor, Texas, and Bama, those, those would not be bad losses. I actually wonder with the WCC being good again this season, and good's a relative term, like among the multi-bid leagues and, non, and the non-high major leagues, uh, I think it actually might be slightly better overall than it was a season ago. We'll see how that plays out. But I actually wonder if Gonzaga's chances had not landed on even the two-line would be something of a long shot if it can't win this game. So long-term effects here actually could be significant. We've been used to Gonzaga on the top line uh, for for most most of the past you know half decade or so, GP. I mean, they were one seed a season ago. One seed the season before that would have been a one seed in 2020. We're a one seed in 2019. We're a one seed in 2017. We're a two back in 2015. So this might actually wind up being um, a little bit of a different uh, year for the Zags in that regard. Let's see how Timmy plays in this one. You said Bama by one. That's what Ken Palm says. I'm going to go Gonzaga to win this game straight up and give us a little bit of intrigue on what will be an awesome day. There's going to be a team or two that's, that's playing home, or this is de facto home for Bama. It's in Birmingham, like Gonzaga played last year in Seattle. I'll I'll take Gonzaga to show up big and win an entertaining one here. You know, you mentioned the Zags' three losses. They're all quadrant one losses, so there's nothing embarrassing there. It's just that um, th- they are held to a different standard than most other programs. So, like, when they lose three games, people f- – immediately go to ah they stink now they don't stink this is still one of the 15 to 20 maybe better uh 15 to 20 best teams in the country um even as they're sitting here with with three losses drew timmy um he is averaging and you predicted this um career highs in basically everything 20.5 points 7.9 rebounds 1.1 blocks 33.1 minutes per game those are all career high numbers i i I hadn't noticed this until i was looking at her he's shooting 11 percent from three on less than one attempt per game, which is like, you know, whatever. But I thought, because if you remember at the NBA Combine, he shot it pretty impressively. He had that one game where he was four or five from three from the NBA three-point line, and there was some thought that he'll come back and expand his game um, at this level. And he, he just hasn't done that in that way. And perhaps it's by design. Like, hey, if you're that good inside the arc, that we don't need you out there launching threes. Um, but I, I thought he would maybe be a little more uh, pre- productive from the perimeter in the spirit of trying to show people that you can play out there and make that shot. And that just hasn't shown itself. Again, probably because it's it's unnecessary. Uh, for Gonzaga to be great, they need Timmy inside the arc, and, and he has been great inside the arc. Alabama, 9-1, long loss to UConn. UConn you know, beats everybody. So no shame there. It should be a great game. Um, I'll go Alabama just cause it's going to be played in Alabama, but I, I think these are comparable teams. Um, noticeably higher than the other right now, but that's based on the resume, which is exactly what it should be based on. But I, I think these are comparable teams. You played them 10 times in, in, at, at the, at the Pentagon. Yeah, I think it's something like five and five. But you put this one in Birmingham, uh, I'll lean toward Alabama. Game two, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. It's number five, Houston, at number two, Virginia, inside Jack Jones Arena. You can watch it on ESPN2. Kim Palm has it, Virginia minus one. You don't know nothing about Jack Jones. Listen, this should be 
uh, with all due respect to David John Matthews, Carter Beaufort is a native and uh, just one of the best drummers in the history of music. Charlottesville native, still lives there. Shouts to Carter Beaufort. So, for my purposes, this this will forever be Carter Beaufort Arena. Um, how about this? You ready for this one? Truly stunning. If I told you, Virginia has never hosted a non-conference opponent ranked in the top five until this weekend. Would you believe it? I, I, I wouldn't have any reason not to. Yeah, well, how about that? Houston, being fifth in the country, playing this game, represents the highest-ranked opponent not in the ACC to ever go in and play Virginia. Damn. And there was a chance a couple of weeks ago people were wondering if this might be a one-versus-two matchup. It's not that, but it's still pretty damn good. Um, the way that Houston lost last week to Bama. I'm really interested to see just what their what their energy's like, what their fire and verve are like because they they've got the capacity, I think in this spot to show up, play a dominant game and steal one on the road. Um for Virginia, I feel like people are probably in on them, but this is the kind of game, the kind of win where if you get it going into ACC play, you know, you stay undefeated, wins over Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, and remember they got the win at Michigan, uh, and then Houston. Then it becomes a question of like, well, if it's not Purdue, if it's not UConn, is Virginia actually the best team in the country? I feel like they're just shy of that right now. This is just an awesome, awesome, awesome matchup. Um, that regrettably I'll probably end up missing a little bit because of being at CBS Sports Classic. It'll be slow. I don't think the winning team's getting a 60 in this one. With that in mind, I will, GP, I will take Houston to win and win. I'll take, I'll, I'll, I'll even give you a score here. Give me, give me the Cougs 58-54 in this one. My least confident pick of the set that we're going to talk about here. But again, I, I can't help but think we're going to get a little bit of noise. And both of these teams, I think we could definitely see, you know, again, meeting up in the final four. I think they're going to have the long-term capability of doing that. Love Reese Beekman's game. But I'll take Houston. I wrote my power rankings on Thursday. It, you know, after the way they lost to Bama, if you told me that Houston didn't play another game decided by by single digits after Virginia for like the next six weeks, I believe you. I just I, I Houston and Samson, they got a team that's good enough and capable of doing that. And I almost wonder if that kind of start and that stretch begins with uh, with a definitive win and a statement made here on Saturday at Virginia. Did you know that while over 60 percent of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20 percent of them take the first step? The reason building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You don't know nothing about Jack Jones. I, I, feel free to inform me. Yeah, we've been over that. I know. <laughs> Marcus Sasser, preseason All-American, just 4 of 15 from three in Houston's past four games. Uh, went 0 of 3 from beyond the arc last weekend in that loss to Alabama. So he's now shooting a career low 30.6% from three through 11 games. Last season, only played 12 games because of injuries, but he did shoot 43.7% from beyond the arc in in, in, in those 12 games. So his um, shooting percentages 
from the arc uh, down significantly, but um, still having a, a, an awesome All-American caliber season for a team that, uh, despite last weekend's loss at home, looks like a, a legitimate national championship contender. Virginia undefeated, uh, 4-0 in the first two quadrants, also got four quadrant four wins. They've only played eight games. Remember, they had the one game uh, canceled or postponed uh, because of the tragedy uh, within the Virginia uh, community. Uh, and that football program. Uh, so they haven't played as many games as as lots of other teams. But, um, you know, perfect so far. Got wins over Baylor and Illinois. Cavaliers playing 300. Uh, they, they are 362nd in adjusted tempo. Mm-hmm. So true to form. That, that means there's one team actually playing slower than them this season. Trivia time. Can you name it? Uh, I know it because I, I feel like I know it because I mentioned it maybe in a power rankings. Uh uh, so there's a team slower than Virginia right now. Just give it to me. I know I know what I've seen, unless it's some random mid-major that got there. Grant McCaslin's North Texas Mean yep. Green. Yep. yep. I'm going to take Houston on the road. Uh, by the way, Houston won this matchup a year ago by 20, 67-47. 20 points. Now, Virginia was a different team. Houston had the benefit of playing at home in that one. I, I do not think that Houston will win the game by 20, but um, I'm never right about any of this stuff, so... You know, who knows? Game three, Saturday, 3 p.m. Eastern. It's North Carolina versus number 23, Ohio State, inside Billy Joe Garden. Mm. You can watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's a network of stars. Kim Palm has it, Ohio State, minus one. This is a, this is a deal either way, no matter what. Either UNC loses, goes to 7-5, and five with all of its losses against power conference teams, Iowa State, Bama, Indiana, Virginia Tech, and then that would be Ohio State. Or it finally gets a win and gets a win against a quality opponent and puts together a three-game winning streak heading into uh, a game against Michigan uh, next week. I think that is um, the Jordan Brand Classic down there in Charlotte. Nada will be on hand for that. Ohio State, 7-2, and two, losses to San Diego State and Duke so far. Top five in offensive efficiency adjusted at Ken Palm right now. And they don't have a star. Bruce Thornton's coming along pretty damn nicely, though, as a freshman. I like his game a lot. Really good offensive player. And him, along with Bryce Sensabaugh, another freshman. They, I think I wrote this in the preseason. Provided that, you know, the players that should stay, stay, and they've got a good freshman class coming in. Ohio State, a, a year from now, or you know, next offseason, will probably set up as a preseason top 20 team. Hell, they might be that this season. I sold on that notion going in, but they've been pretty good so far. Justice suing. I actually think he's going to wind up playing a bit better than he has overall. He probably needs to be their best player, and Zed Key, for the most part, has done exactly what they needed him to do. He's a good big man in the middle there, and it will be, uh, it'll be an intriguing matchup here with Baycott going against Key overall. I'm going to... This is definitely a game from a national perspective for the Buckeyes where uh, people just frankly aren't that familiar with them too much. Yeah, they played Maui like and they got some wins, but they beat Cincinnati and they beat Texas Tech and, you know, in the in the losers bracket game there. So we have seen some of the Buckeyes, but Saturday, huge Saturday, CBS Sports Classic against UNC. This is this is your biggest stage yet. I would argue it's even bigger than the road game in the ACC Big Ten Challenge when you lost against Duke there. So we've seen a little bit of them. I will take Carolina in this spot. Uh, I I, I need to see him do it, obviously. they got to show up and play well. They've done relatively well in their past to Georgia Tech and the Citadel. Citadel is, you know, whatever. But in here, give me Carolina to win. And I, something tells me this is going to want UCLA-Kentucky, which we're going to get to next, is the more intriguing matchup, the bigger matchup. I can't shake the notion that this might actually be the better game. Uh, so I will say Carolina wins by uh, by no more than two possessions. When you said Ohio State is fifth in adjusted offensive efficiency, it reminded me the la- one of the last times Ohio State was really good offensively, and we were talking about it, and I randomly said something along the lines of Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that they turn Ohio State's offense turns me on or something. And and that actually got taken to Chris Holtman at a press conference. Yeah, the pod listener Adam Jardy, who I believe was the one who teed him up on that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine asking Chris Holtman about his offense turning Gary Parrish on? <laughs> if they win tomorrow and drop north of 85 points, maybe I'll hit that with Holt. Maybe I'll ask Holt then. I'll be like, listen, man, I just got a text from GP right now. <laughs> He's about to go take a cold shower. Thank you. <laughs> Ohio State was not in the preseason AP poll. 
Not in the preseason coaches poll, but you know where they were? The Buckeyes? They were in the preseason top 25 and one. Mm-mm-mm. Now they're seven and two. Like you said, they beat Texas Tech, beat Rutgers in controversial fashion. Lost to Duke, San Diego yep. State. This is a quad one opportunity for the Buckeyes. They still do not have a quad one win. Um, I think you can reasonably argue North Carolina needs this more. Um, you know, it's been preseason number one team. And they're 0-4 in quadrant one opportunities so far this season. Uh, losses to Alabama, Indiana, Virginia Tech, and Iowa State. Armando Baycott was the consensus preseason first-team All-American. Caleb Love is currently the Tar Heels' leading scorer. Caleb Love shooting 41.8% from the field on 15.5 shots per game. Armando Baycott shooting 53.9% from the field on 10.2 shots per game. Is that something that should be addressed? There's a lot that should be addressed here, but yes. And I'm not surprised by that, by the way. I think we, on some level, we probably expected that. I just need to see more. I think we need to see probably a little less Caleb Love, a little more RJ Davis, generally speaking, and then Baycott, you know. I think he'll, you know, he's he's asked to do a ton. And I'll be also interested in this game to see how much of the bench Hubert seemed. He, it looks like they've been trying to, to get them more involved. I think they need to. They can't go with an iron five lineup for the course of three straight months. And so I think he's trying there, but yes, they need a little more Baycott. Love is a very good player. He's talented. He's erratic. He's streaky, but he's also often fearless and that can be a very good thing, but still plenty of work to be done on that end for sure. He's, he's the classic player. Caleb Love, very good player, talented guy, but the classic player who like can always get his shot, but he just doesn't make enough of them. Like he can always get his shot. Like, if you need an end of shot clock, end of half, end of game, you know, give him a ball screen, he'll get his shot. He just doesn't make it that often. He's had, he's taking 6.6 uh, uh, three-pointers per game and only making 28.8% of them. And so if you remember when we had Leaky Black on and we were discussing about, you know, did you think Kayla Love was coming back? Did you think he was leaving? And uh, I, I jokingly said, you realize if he'd have left, that's like 15 more shots per game for you guys, you know, to, to divvy up however you please. And we, we sort of chuckled, but like, here we are. <laughs> He's taking 15.5 shots per game and, and making uh, too low of a percentage of them. Uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, it's just the, the I'd be fine with, you know, 15.5 shots per game, I guess. But you can't take seven threes a game and only make twenty eight point eight percent of them. That's that's where the real problem is. He is launching. Uh, I don't want to say too many threes, but he, if you're going to take that many, you got to make a better percentage than than twenty eight percent. I'm going with Ohio State. I'm going to take Ohio State inside the Garden over North Carolina. Game four, Saturday, five fifteen p.m. Eastern. Number sixteen UCLA versus number thirteen Kentucky inside Harold, Harry Styles Garden. There we go. You can watch it on ESPN2. Ken Palm has it. Oh, you can watch it on CBS. Somebody you can needs watch it on CBS. That, that, that's a note that needs to be updated. Excuse me for one second. Okay. While GP does You can that. watch it on CBS. It's America's most watched network. It's the network of stars. Ken Palm has it. UCLA minus one. You really thought we'd get out of here without this? What am I expecting tonight? A, a competitive basketball game. I, I think we'll be at the under four, and it'll still technically be up for grabs. I'd be surprised if that's not true. Holy crap. UCLA. What did they do to Maryland? Dude, they were up 38 points. I know. One by 27. That's at the Xfinity Center. You're not supposed to be able to go in the Xfinity Center and do that? Just- Dude, everybody walked out of there and was like, I'm getting direct TV. This is ridiculous. Everybody walked out of there and was like, I'm canceling. This is outrageous. Sign me up for direct TV. Imagine getting beaten so badly at home that 20,000 people cancel their cable service. That's what happened. Phenomenal. And you've seldom been more wrong than that, which is just incredible. I the mean, nobody, they, no, nobody's been more wrong. It's impossible to be more wrong than that. The, the thing that's great about it is what I'm going to play that. Let's see if I still got I'm going to play this for you one more time. All right. And then I'm going to explain what, what's going on here. All right. Here, here it is again. 10 seconds. 
what am I expecting tonight? A, a competitive basketball game. I, I think we'll be at the under four, and it'll still technically be up for grabs. I'd be surprised if that's not true. I was wrong. All right, so what's going on with that exactly is this. I've been I've been Gary Parrish's coworker now. I mean, we're now at, at 12 years, 12 plus years, right? So I've 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 seen him do so much. I've seen him continue to to rise as star and and just ascend and ascend and ascend. But when he goes on HQ or he's on CBS Sports Network inside college basketball, uh, sometimes he'll get asked these questions, and he just he doesn't want to stray too far. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to go to extremes. He doesn't want to predict a, a huge win or a big loss. So what? So what? So the way to split that is he'll say, "Yeah, you know, we've got we've got two really good basketball teams. What am I expecting in this game? I'm expecting a really good basketball game. Like I'm expecting a close basketball game. We've seen that so far. And so he was trying to play it down the middle. The problem is you can actually be just as wrong playing it down the middle as you can. And so that is why." Not only was it not competitive at the under four, it wasn't competitive at the under 16. Of the first half. Of the first half. No, like, listen, I was downstairs doing, uh, you know, like uh, visiting with my family. And then I was like, oh, it's uh, I can't remember what time I was like. It's a, whatever time the game started. It was like, oh, the game started like eight minutes ago. I, I, I need to go uh, pop up in front of the TV. Turned it on. It was seven nothing. And I was like, well, here we go. And it just got worse. Like you would think on some level, like it's seven nothing, can't get worse than this. Holy God! I know, I know, it's bad. Good good night for Directv. Terrible night for Xfinity. Bruins are seven and eight all time against Kentucky from a historical perspective, and UCLA, thanks to uh, UCLA SID for sending us along, sixteen and fifteen all time record in New York City, fourteen and twelve of those record uh at msg have not played in the garden have the bruins since 2013-14 when they fell to duke 80 to 63 i think that was an nit deal overall um ucla and kentucky have played once before ever in msg coaches versus cancer tournament in the 2000-2001 season ucla won 97-92 here are your ucla performers on that night how about a nice little throwback guys Jason Capono, 21 points. Earl Watson, Watson, 20 points. Ray Young, 20 points. Can I get a Dan Gad Zurich reset, please? 16 in that game. And then the most well-known from an NBA standpoint in this game was fifth in scoring. Matt Barnes dropped 10 in that game for the Bruins. Fuck that. UCLA's won six straight games in this season, and Jalen Clark coming off 19 points in that game against Maryland, David Singleton at 18. That's good games there for uh, for UCLA because Tiger Campbell's been mostly reliable. He's got 49 assists so far this season. His assist to turnover, or the team's assist to turnover ratio is fourth best in the country as UCLA's, and I bring that up because Kentucky's obviously good at turning teams over, Case and Wallace in particular, so you will have a fantastic backcourt matchup with all this. Severe Wheeler, by the way, is one of the best. UCLA is one of the best teams at assist-to-turnover ratio. Severe Wheeler is uh, one of the best players. 3.471 assist-to-turnover ratio. He's also helping with 6.5 assists per game. Case and Wallace for Kentucky is at uh, two and a half steals. He has more steals than any freshman in the country. And then when you get to Oscar Shibwe, only Zach Eady averages more than him points and rebounds per game right now. Um, Shibwe's north of 15 and 13 a game. Well, the only other player doing that is Edie. Fascinating tilt here, GP. And with UCLA winning the way that it did so dominantly, you, got, you feel like a little inclined to say, well, they're going to keep that up. But we both know when it comes to college teams and expecting this kind of stuff with back-to-back quality opponents, it's a little tough to say. UK right now has a good win over Michigan, does not have a win against a team that would rank top 30 in most predictive metrics. UCLA obviously not only qualifies as that, it qualifies as top 10 good right now. Um, feels like a major toss-up. I think you said the line on this is UCLA minus one. Every right? game we've done so far, according to Ken Palm, is a one-point spread. Wow. Um, all right. I, I will take... Man. All right. So, head is telling me UCLA. Hard is telling me Kentucky. I will go with, I will go with the head. I will, go, I will go UCLA wins this game. And because of how good... I mean, it was just... I'm with Maryland, but 
that was just a thrashing. The crowd, I don't know if you caught this. It was, a, a, you know, midway through the second half, the crowd, like, started chanting, cut the cord, cut the cord, cut the cord. It's a bad night for Xfinity. Yeah, I think I saw Van Pelt out there with, like, an oversized pair of scissors, and he was, like, chomping them together. Yeah, he was, he was, like, cut the cord. Cut the cord. Right and then they the were like, direct TV, direct TV. It's a bad night for Xfinity. I'm taking UCLA to win the game and cover. Dudes were up 38 points. <laughs> what? On the road against a team that's conceivably supposed to be halfway decent, if not going to the tournament. That might, I don't know. Maryland going to the NCAA tournament. Yes or no, right now. Ugh. I'm talking about no. a good basketball team here, guys. I'd Are they say, going, yes or no? I'd say, I'd say no. No. I don't think you can recover from what just happened to them. <laughs> Kevin Willard, the quote was, Kevin Willard said, uh, you know, it's not, it's, it's, not, uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing to get beat down every once in a while. I was like, yeah, it feels like a bad thing. I wouldn't want to get beat down every once in a while. 38 points, man? Yeah, no, that's Ooh. not. That, that's... That, I respectfully disagree. It is a terrible thing. Like, can you guys just please talk about the game and pick the game and get (laughs) off of us right now? Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Let's try this again. What am I expecting? I'm expecting a competitive basketball game. I'll be surprised if we're, you know, in the under four Mm -hmm. and this game isn't still very much up for grabs let's just keep the, i'll just keep doing it till we get it right you know yeah. Event, eventually a game is going to be up for grabs late eventually i'm gonna be right every single game we're talking about with these one point lines <laughs> they're all like 17 point <laughs> 19 point 24 point margins i'm just gonna keep saying this after uh, every game and then eventually i'm gonna get we're gonna be able to clip one and it's gonna be like ooh, gp caught it under four it was 347 left one possession game boy gp was on it who you got? I'm going to take UCLA. And the reason I'm going to take UCLA is because, as noted, I'm expecting a competitive game up for grabs at the under four. And in all seriousness, if it does come down to that, if it gets like, if it's tight late, pay attention to the free throw shooting. Kentucky is shooting 68.5% from the free throw line. That ranks 245th nationally. And... You know where the problem is, or at least the big, most noticeable problem is? It's in the backcourt. Their guards can't shoot free throws. Mm. Severe Wheeler is shooting 59.1% from the free throw line, and Kaysen Wallace is shooting 57.1% from the free throw line. What's more disturbing? Kaysen Wallace shooting 57% from the free throw line, or Kaysen Wallace, a projected one-and-done guard, only getting to the free throw line 1.6 times per game. Yeah, that's, that's way low. Okay. That's way like I was shocked when I saw that number. I was like, I was like, okay, shooting 57.1% from the line. That's that's obviously low. How many attempts per game? I was like, how many, how many points is he costing them? Basically one. I mean, he 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 barely goes to the free throw line. That seems I mean, you're supposed to be a attacking yeah. guard, combo guard, an attack. Uh, how about this? A one and done. Projected lottery pick combo guard should be getting more free throw attempts per game than 1.6. I mean, he's only averaging three three point attempts a game. That's interesting. All right, keep an eye on that. Good plot line to follow there, just in terms of what Casey Wallace brings on that end of the floor in general. Yeah, he's playing 32 minutes a game and, and shooting 1.6 free throw. That just seems low. Um, small sample size, I guess, but it, it was something that stood out to me. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll take UCLA in in a in a close game, but. In this game and in any of these games we've talked about so far, obviously, given the projected scores, um, they could, by definition, go any any direction. The and one pick is going to be Saturday, 10.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We got from noon all the way till past midnight on, on the East Coast here. We got, we got games galore. Kansas and Indiana fans, we're going to get to you guys in a second, but we're going to pick this game first. Tennessee at Arizona on Salim. Stoudemire court Tennessee at Arizona and if you can believe it Ken Palm has it Tennessee you already know it GP what's the line it's Tennessee minus one 
Tennessee minus one. Who you got? I'm taking Arizona. Only because t- Tennessee fans keep telling me that I have Tennessee too low. And so I, I want to be able to tell them, no, I didn't. And what that will require is them not beating Arizona this weekend. <laughs> Uh, I've said it before. I root for I root for the top twenty five and one. Two D chess. <laughs> I root for the top twenty five and one. I know. All right, fair enough. Zona, how about this? We've got the number one offense against the number one defense at Ken Palm. Trivia time. Okay, okay. It's in the power rankings. Mister Pomeroy already tweeted as well. You might have seen this. Have you seen it? Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Mm, have you seen it? Nope. Okay. How many times, including this game this weekend, since 2010 when Ken Palm actually can track this data when he actually, uh, I guess, it, it, the Ken Palm itself goes back to uh, really 97, but 2002 when you count seasons on the site. But he can only track where teams were ranked uh, in overall efficiency at any given point of season starting in the 09-2010 season. So since then, Including Saturday's game, Tennessee at Arizona. How many times at any point in the season, regular season or postseason, has the number one offense played against the number one defense? Quattro. Quattro. Four. And in fact, it is double. This will be the eighth time. Ocho. This will be the eighth time overall. We got it. What if I start uh, speaking Spanish on the podcast exclusively? Um, we've got, we had Michigan versus Louisville, final four. You had. Wisconsin versus Kentucky. That final four in 2013 then. Wisconsin, Kentucky, final four in 2015. Uh, in the regular season, the the first time it happened, or at least going farthest back, Duke versus Kentucky in the Champions Classic 2015. Uh, 2016, February, you had Duke versus Louisville, ACC game there. 2016 also, five days later, Notre Dame played Louisville. So no, Duke was at one point the number one offense, and then Notre Dame overtook it. And then the two most recent instances had Gonzaga as the number one offense. It was Gonzaga, Texas Tech, uh, in the final four, and excuse me, in the Elite Eight. And then earlier this season, Gonzaga's game at Texas. Gonzaga was one, and Texas was one on defense. That was more, I talked to Ken, that was actually more like projecting out. So, uh, and this is to an extent as well, but the other the other six previous times, not counting Gonzaga, Texas, like the teams had fairly well established it. I guess you could say the, um, the Duke, Kentucky one might, or it might be a little bit of an exception to that. But this is the eighth time overall, the fourth time in the regular season. Let's do an over under here, GP. Hmm. Zona scoring 92 a game. Tennessee is allowing 51.4. The split between that is 71.7 points. Over under Arizona at home scoring 71.7 points against the number one per possession defense in the country. Over. I'll go under. I'll go under. The Wildcats do lead the nation, though, in field goal percentage, 54.7. I mentioned scoring points per game, offensive efficiency. They're the best from inside the three-point arc, 61.6%, and have more assists per game than any team in the nation, 21.5. Right now, Tommy Lloyd has a team that's won 24 straight games at home. And in 47 games so far under Tommy Lloyd, Arizona has shot better than 50% from the field in 29 of those games. I don't think that will happen. I think Tennessee's defense will actually have an impact there. Tommy Lloyd does do well against ranked teams, 8-3 and three against top 25 opponents, and 3-1 and one against top 10 teams since Lloyd got there. Um, in its last 13 home games against top 10 teams, Arizona is 10-3. and three. I actually think that Kirk Creasy will be a big guy in this kind of game. Uh, he's been pretty good at being a distributor on the floor, averaging seven dimes a game. That's top five in the country. I will also take Arizona to win in this spot. This is a friggin' fr- just a fantastic way to wrap up Saturday night. I think Tennessee will muck it up, and it will keep it lower scoring. If if you tell me right now the final score of this game is like 79-65, I'm going to tell you Arizona wins the whole way. I, I, hard to see how Tennessee could win a game like that. But I think Arizona will win, and I'll go 70-62. to 62. Um, Tennessee has some success at, at slowing it down. Usually the teams that, that play fast versus a team that plays slow, the slower team often will, will win that fight. But because of Arizona's size with Tubelas and Balo, who've been awesome, and Kirk Reese has been terrific, we agree we will both take Arizona to cover on that. GP mentioned at the top real quick, just a few other games to be aware of. The only one on Friday that I would really pay attention to is Creighton at Marquette, 830 on Fox Sports 1. Creighton's trying to avoid, avoid yes, a six 
consecutive loss, and they got to go on the road and play at Marquette, a Marquette team that may well wind up being good enough to make the NCAA tournament. So that's one to keep an eye on on Friday. The biggest one on Saturday that we did not get to, Indiana at Kansas. Uh, the Crossroads Classic is no more. The uh, the four-team Notre Dame-Purdue-Butler-Indiana uh, neutral court one-day doubleheader affair that they did for a decade. It was a good event, but frankly, uh, if it needs to go on in indefinite hiatus and we get games like KU-Indiana, like that's that's quite the awesome trade-off there. And Jalen Hood-Shafino, um, the question is, can he go? If he goes, how available will he be? Um, because if he's not there, like I... That, Asking Trace Jackson Davis to to cover up uh, for a lot of what they're going to need to do on the road is asking a lot there, and uh, and Xavier Johnson might uh, might have to do a ton. Jalen Wilson, by the way, twenty two points a game right now, nine point four rebounds. Uh, he'll be going up against Jackson Davis, sixteen point eight points, eight point four rebounds. That's going to be a nice little head to head matchup there. Before I get to the rest of the slate, there, GP, just uh, want to give a couple quick words or thoughts or anything on uh, on Hoosiers at uh, at Jayhawks here, because beyond all beyond the matchup and two intriguing teams. We've got two blue bloods playing. What we always we clamor for this, and it's great to see that the the coaches made this happen. It's it's going to be Indiana going into Kansas to join, and then they'll return the favor next year. And that's just a good. It's it's a great thing for college basketball to have that as your wallpaper on a Saturday. You turn on your television early in the afternoon, and you see those two teams playing in a true road slash home environment, and it just makes the day feel that much bigger. It's awesome. We're going to have a, a a big time matchup on Virginia's campus. A big time matchup. Um, uh, on Kansas's campus, that's where college basketball belongs. You know, like I understand the 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 money making decisions that lead to games in, uh, you know, uh, South Dakota and Brooklyn and in the Bahamas and you name it. I got it. I, under- I understand why. If I were running a college basketball program, we'd be going to Brooklyn too. All right, I understand. But undeniably, it is just better when you take these exact same games and put them in a true home road environment. So I, I love when when programs and, and I love when all programs do this, but especially the big boy programs like Indiana, like Kansas. Um, I think under John Shire, you're going to see Duke do this more than than it did under under Mike Krzyzewski. Like, I think John understands and they've scheduled uh, a home and home with Arizona that'll that's start right. next season. Right. So I think John, I think John's going to be willing to take the Blue Devils um, onto other people's campuses more than 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 Mike was willing to, which again is awesome. Um, as I've said many times, this is not college football where one loss can can prevent you from making the playoff in our for our purposes, the NCAA tournament. It really, there's not a loss you can schedule in November or December that's going to cost you the opportunity to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So I wish more coaches would um, focus on that. Like, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go play this big game. And if we win it, woo, how awesome is that? And if we lose it, you know what? Not that big of a deal. Either way, we create a great moment, memory, everything for our program. I wish more coaches would do it, and we've got multiple examples of that uh, of that coming up this weekend. A couple more games, and then we'll get out of here uh, just to keep an eye on. 6 Eastern Saturday, CBS Sports Network. You've got the Holy War, so BYU uh, is going to host Utah. Utah's 9-2. and two. Utah can get a road win there. You know, maybe just a Pac-12 team that, that's slowly maybe building an at-large resume. Keep an eye on that. Um, you know, certainly uh, a more of us than there are of them special. Uh, no doubt about it. <laughs> Six Eastern on CBS Sports Network. I think actually GP uh, pre-recorded uh, a two and a half minute long intro that will air on CBS Sports Network about the uh, the genesis of there are more than us than there are of them. Mm-hmm. May well be taunting BYU before that. Uh, yeah, out. I just just so when you turn on the game, you know, I wrote it and then we got Adam Zucker to voice it. Oh, absolutely uh, terrific, man. Love to, yeah. love to see him. Zook Zook voiced it. I I think I think I think That's twice this week, by the way, GP's lost. We lost GP. You got me not. All right. It's not me this time. It's not you this time. It's GP this time. GP, GP's trying to trying to give a good line about Zook. He's dropped out there. We'll see if he can get back. If he can't, I will literally close the podcast in a second here. Uh, Purdue has Davidson Saturday in Indianapolis at 615 Eastern on Big Ten Network. You know what the problem here is? 
GP's rocking with Xfinity right now. The inter- We just got talking about Indiana and the internet just went out. You think, oh, Ken, I got to get the X-Files music on the board. I got to take the time and get a few more drops on the board. It's all connected. The truth is out there. How you like us now, Gary Parrish? How you like us now? You're talking about Xfinity going out. He's done. It's out of here. Okay, I'm wrapping this bad boy up here. Cool thing about Purdue and Davidson. It's the it's the lawyer bowl. Foster lawyer going head to head with his younger brother, Purdue freshman uh, Fletcher lawyer. I'll set the over under. I was going to ask GP over under 37 and a half total lawyer points. He's not here. 37 and a half total lawyer points. You know what? He's not even on the feed right now. If you're listening to this live, or you're listening to this after the fact, please at Gary Parrish CBS on Twitter. Find him on Instagram or whatever. I want you to just tweet out to say, hey, GP. I got the lawyer brothers combining for fill in the blank, however many points. Just uh, just hit his mentions. I want I want 150 of these throughout Friday into Saturday. Over under total lawyer points. Just let him know. Find him as much as you can. And then UConn at Butler Seven Eastern on FS1. UConn's going to try and remain undefeated. Kind of an interesting spot there overall. Um, and then Sunday at 6:30, the only big game of note, or it's an interesting one. Iona is at New Mexico, so the Patino Bowl. And I think that's just an awesome mid-major affair there. We'll go live probably before that game ends. Again, a humongous sports weekend ahead. Appreciate everyone watching live here on a, on a Friday afternoon. Again, please remember to subscribe. If you're a phone subscriber, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Help us out. We're just uh, we're encroaching another threshold. And if that could be your Christmas present to us, we would appreciate it. You're back. I was ready to close it. I was almost about to close it. You missed nothing. I just finished up the, the weekend stuff. I, uh, I, we've been having internet problems around here. Like we I live in, said, it was your like, we live in, you were, like we live in Indianapolis or something. I, and, and it's like you had Xfinity. That's what I said. So, it's like, it's like, I live, it's like I got Xfinity in, 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 uh, in, in, in Indianapolis. But in fact, I have C Spire in Mississippi. Well, there we go. And I was, like, how, if you knew how much I pay for this internet every month, you'd be shocked that, that it would ever go out. Where, 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 where? You know how many you know how many C Spire pods I have in my house? Now I was alerted to a possible problem earlier. My little guy, or my middle guy, is home from school today. He didn't have to. I don't know. They just took Friday off, right? It's Mississippi education. You know, we don't prioritize education down here. So he's out of school today, and he was like, uh, "Dad, can you call somebody about the internet?" And I said, "What's wrong?" He said, "It just keeps it just keeps dropping out every once in a while," and that's like. Uh, devastating for him in the middle of a Fortnite game, right? I mean, I'm just messing up a, I'm just messing up a critically acclaimed podcast. He's losing, he's like dying in Fortnite, right? So, uh, I thought we'd get through it. We didn't. I'm here now. Did you mention Purdue Davidson? I did. I did. I just mentioned it quickly. I said they're playing the Lawyer Brothers. That's all I said. And then we moved along. And then I think we're good to wrap the show. I think that, I think we covered everything then. Yep, I think everything's it. been covered. It's Purdue playing Davidson, and that was uh, that was pretty much it, man. Let's let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. I got an airplane to catch. Okay. Got to go catch an airplane. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Larnell. Shouts to Huck. Cut the cord. Cut the cord. Thank you guys once again for listening on College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. There's more of us than there are of them. And we're going to talk to you again on uh, Sunday night. I can't wait. Till then, I'm going to try to get the internet fixed before then. Till then, take care. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.